Welcome to the Paul Cardall Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I got to tell you, it was so difficult to get this guy on my show. He's one of the busiest people on the planet, especially this time of year. And uh, But I was able to get through to the North Pole and have the one and only Chris Kringle, Santa Claus on the program. So I'm not going to delay this. Let's bring him on. Santa. Oh, there you are, Paul. Wow. So, it's been a it's been a long time for me. It's well, it has been time. a long time since we visited, but it's great to be here with you. Am I still on the nice list? We'll talk about that. You have what uh, half an hour or so to redeem yourself. <laughs> no kidding, no kidding. Hey, well, I am thrilled that you're here, and I know a lot of our audience and some of the kids that are out there are excited to hear from you. And you know, before we get into it. How are you doing? Oh, I'll tell you, I am so busy up here. That whole Margot Robbie movie, why did she come out with Barbie this year? Now a whole new generation of girls want Barbies. I mean, I just flew back in from South Korea. I was over there picking up a whole load of Barbie parts. We are in our last big push just to get all the Barbies done. It's crazy up here. Working our little fingers to the bone. But in defense of Ken, because if I remember the movie, Ken was the one that was like, well, what about me? So I'm sure there's a couple a couple guys out there. that. Want well, it's kids. the whole what about me generation. And we're going <laughs> to we're going to try to change all that. We're going to bust the me and start talking about the collective we. Oh, that that sounds very interesting. Very interesting. So how is the missus? The missus is good. She is, uh, she's happy. She's keeping me in check, making sure I stay on the nice list. That's a full-time job for her. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been told that the best thing to do in marriage is not to listen, but to remember. Ooh, good, good (laughs) advice. And I'm sure she's feeding you pretty good. Uh, she's feeding me very well. In fact, uh, she told me last year, Santa, you need to go on girth control. So uh, we're watching that. I'm eating a little more clean. So yeah. we're not just getting things that we uh, grow here at the greenhouse of the North Pole, actually getting things imported. So when I fly around the world on the way back to the North Pole on Christmas Day, I'm stopping and picking up fresh provisions so we can eat more healthy. So That's I'm a good. thinner, leaner Santa this year. And, of course, you know, Tina would agree with my whole diet, yeah, my wife, what we're doing here. So thanks to her, I'm looking better and I'm eating more healthy. That's so good. Yeah. My wife, man, she, uh, she knows. Exactly I got her letter. I got her yeah. letter. <laughs> she was like, what? Santa, we need to talk. So then what is your, I've always wondered, cause we always talk about your wife feeding you, but I've always wondered like what, because Hollywood likes to show you just eat candy canes and you eat chocolate. Oh, good night. Could you imagine? There is one night of the year I eat a ton load of cookies. I do that. That's the one time of the year that I can eat all those cookies. So for you that leave out the carrots thinking that they're for the reindeer, I'm grateful for some carrots myself. So thanks for thinking about me. In fact, I don't know who it was. I think it was a little boy in Nashville last year. I mean, there's expiration dates on the milk for a reason. Kids, please pay attention to the expiration dates before you put out the milk for Santa. Because I got back to the North Pole last year, and my tummy was a little... 
and my tummy was a little sour. And so I went to see Rudolph's vet. And if my satellite feed comes in and out, that's because we are going through a huge snowstorm up here at the North Pole. We're doing our best. Elon sent us a Starlink, so hopefully we're doing better today. But anyway, so I, got, and I asked the vet, I said, what is up? And he ran a few tests. I mean, he was a vet, for heaven's sakes, yeah. but he did his best. And he said, Santa, you're lactose intolerant. So this year on my diet, I can have three things that I'd like to invite you kids of all ages to leave out this year. First of all, I can have apple juice. I can have orange juice or diet Dr. Pepper. Yeah, because we're high at 70,000 feet. That gives you quite a buzz. So I really appreciate the diet, Dr. Pepper. You're keeping it to the uh, the bare minimum up there in the sky. We don't want to have That's any right. we don't want to have any reports about the big man up in the sky. <laughs> That's so good. Well, hey, um, you know, one of the things I've always been interested in is there are Santas all over the world. And I've always said to myself, you know, how in the world does Santa appear in all these places? And I learned from my mom that there's something about a helper's program. Can you enlighten us on how you do this, what it's all about? And Because when I'm there, I'm thinking this is the real Santa. I mean, what's going on here? Well, there is the one big guy up here at the North Pole, and it's very difficult to actually find me because we have amazing surveillance capabilities that you mere mortals don't even understand yet. Elon's a little close to tapping into how to find us, but what I needed to do hundreds of years ago, when the population on the earth started to grow, there was no way I could get to every house on Christmas Eve. And so I had to set up a helper program where I literally tap certain people on the shoulder around the world and they become my special helpers. We call them ambassadors of light and love up here at the North Pole. So I have duly authorized helpers that are true proxies of me, the big guy, Santa Claus, up here at the North Pole. And so when they're doing acts of service and they're helping around the globe, it's as if I were there myself. They're acting in my stead. And they're seeing the world through my eyes. I and they're see. acting on my behalf. I see. And they basically return and report to you what's going on, what's happening. And, of course, you've always got some of those people that have Elf on the Shelf. Some do not. I oh, guess that's one I'll of your programs. You, those Elf's on the Shelf get some of you in more trouble Especially some of the antics you claim are the elf on the shelf. Elves in the shelf do not climb into dryers all by themselves, by the way. Right. Right. So don't do pictures on Facebook of that. We know that old Wally, the elf on the shelf, did not climb in your dryer. That's right. These TikTok and these YouTube videos, kids shouldn't be watching of the some violence of, of the elves. I'm here to tell you, Paul, some of them are fake. So be, get, be, be very careful what you believe yeah. these days. Right? Fake news about the elves, you know? A There's a lot of fake news. Go right yeah. to the source right here, Santa. All righty. Well, okay. Well, I know specifically that there's a lot of buzz going around right now about one of your, one of your helpers and his name is Kaz Green. He lives in Utah and he's been going everywhere and he has a history. I mean, you, you tapped on him a long time ago. Um, tell us where you found him and, and why did you want cause to become one of your helpers and what has he done? 
Well, it was 1999, and he was the place where he needed me as much as I needed him. And he had two little children at the time. Megan was five, and Ben was one. And I sneaked into his house in November of 1999. And as part of when I give someone the calling of being Santa, I take them their very own customized Santa suit and the hair and the bag and everything. And I left a little note on the bed that said, Dear Megan and Ben, there's more kids on the earth than ever before. And so I'm calling your daddy to be one of my special helpers. And so Megan and Ben had to write me a letter saying it was okay that their dad helped them. Uh, helped me. And so they wrote a letter back. And what is really cool, after that first year, Paul, once you pass the test of being one of my special ambassadors of light and love, you then adopt the name Santa, that person's name, like Santa Paul or or Santa okay. Tiny or Santa uh, John. Yeah. So he's known throughout the world now as Santa Cause, and he's traveling all over the world helping spread the message that I really want to get across the globe this year. And we're on a big mission to try. I've got interference right now. Little little interference. I guess Elon was testing out one of his vehicles. Uh, Anyways, go forward, Santa. No, so uh, so we've got a big message and a big push this year, and and Cause is a little younger than I am, so he's doing a better job of getting around the world. So he actually uh, wrote a book about his experiences, and so he's on this worldwide tour of his book, and so he tells the yeah. story of his experience through Santa's eyes, and so he's one of my top ambassadors to help get this this message out there. See, Paul, I'm really concerned. Because Mm -hmm. as I get letters, and let's be honest, you sent your letter to Santa up here at the North Pole. It was like, uh, it was Valentine's of this year when you sent in your list, by the way. Oh, that's there's the book, yes. Anyway, um, and the list that I'm getting, everyone's like, Santa, I want an iPhone, an iPad, an I this, an I that. I mean, why is it I, I, I? Why isn't it about we? Well, that lasted about two Christmases, right? The we kind of came and gone. But what I'm saying is, why isn't it about us mm. why isn't it about all of us we become such a me society that my job now is to bust the me and focus on the we and so really causes book that you have there through santa's eyes is really a wake-up call it's a heart-stirring wake-up yeah. call to become more elfish you see the world is selfish and that really concerns me because look let's study history it doesn't end well if we keep right. being so selfish. Right. Look what happened to the Romans. I was I tried to help them. They wouldn't listen. Well, you know what, Santa? I had the pleasure of, of getting to know Cause. We went on a leadership retreat, and a bunch of alpha males were sitting around a campfire, and he started telling me this story about one of his experiences that you sent him to do. And... <laughs> We couldn't help it but cry. And we didn't see that coming. We didn't know it was coming. But when Santa Claus and Cause was started talking about Jesus, it just, I, I lost it. So I don't know. Can, I know you know that story because he's, he's reported that back to you. And, and you've obviously had a big impact on those kids. But can you tell us, can you tell everybody that story that Cause told me that about 
<laughs> Go get your tissues, everybody. This, uh, yeah, this wrecked me. Yeah, for you guys that are watching CNN, you've probably already stocked up on a whole pallet of Kleenexes in case something happens again. Uh, so grab one of those boxes of Kleenexes. But let me take you back because this is one of Cause's favorite stories, and it's actually kind of the uh, kind of the climax, the uh, grand finale of the book. Mm -hmm. And in the book, it's the chapter "He Is Christmas" because I want you to know that a lot of people say, I hate Christmas because it's just all commercial. But really, if you look behind the symbolism and the message of me, Santa, I mm -hmm. actually lead people to the message, the real message of what Christmas is all about. And so Kaz tells this story. Here's one of the oh, yeah. photos. There you go. There's the big guy himself. Yeah, he really does I'll look like you. I'll take you back. So it was actually that Christmas of 1999. Hmm. And Santa Claus was circling because each of them have their own reindeer team and everything as well. It's the only way they can get around. And Megan had figured out early when she said, yes, my daddy can help you. She went to Santa, Santa Claus and said, daddy, how many continents are there? And Claus said, well, there's seven. And she goes, oh, you're North America. So she figured out that Santa Claus was for North America. So Claus okay. is working North America, although he he helps me a little bit in, I in Ireland and then heads mm -hmm. to west and starts the east coast there. In is that you know, a part is, of Maine and then works across? Did he pick up the uh, drinking Diet Coke uh, problem going to Ireland? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> absolutely. Just checking. Just checking. Yeah, absolutely. And so, anyway, so let me let me set the stage for you. Okay. okay. So it's about two o'clock in the morning. So you could call that Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, whatever mm -hmm. way you want to look at the time. So it's mm -hmm. about two o'clock in the morning, and Santa Claus is circling this little village of Sandy. And I think it was named after the dirt because a glacier came through a little Cottonwood Canyon and pushed all the dirt out and was actually just debris and sand. So they named the place Sandy. So he's circling around Sandy and he's got his sights on the next house where he needs to do a delivery. And it's this little farmhouse. You could tell it was probably 100 years old or more. And yeah. so he lands in the backyard because they didn't have a chimney. And uh, as he's approaching the back porch... He notices there's already a big, large cache of toys and groceries and assorted sun. Mm. Mm. And he thought to himself, I, I can see when Starling's not working, so I'll catch back up. So he sees this large cache of all these goodies on the porch, and he thinks to himself, I know I'm getting old, but I, I don't think I've already been to this house. Why did I just leave him on the porch? So he goes to the porch, and there's a note and it says, Dear Santa, and I'll paraphrase for the, the sake of our podcast today, but basically sure. there's a note from all the neighbors, and they were aware of the family. And the family, the dad had been out of work for about a year. Mom's working two jobs to make mm -hmm. ends meet. And they have a little girl and a little boy. Mm -hmm. And so Santa has some presence, but he doesn't know really the situation of that family and fully, but the neighbors obviously do living with him. So he takes his things in from the North Pole, and then he takes several more trips to take this cache of groceries and presents and assorted sundries into the house. And as he's 
putting them out. He's just looking around because, you know, the whole house is probably the size of your living room. And it just had a hardwood floor. There was a couch on one side under the window and little old wingback chair and a throw rug. And there was no other furnishings except over in the corner. There was a little tiny table. And on top of that table was a Christmas tree about, oh, two, two and a half feet high. Hmm. And it had just one strand of Christmas lights hmm. and popcorn strung through with, with thread and some paper handmade ornaments and a little angel on top. Hmm. And the only light in that room was from that one strand of Christmas lights. And Santa Claus tells a story about how, how he was putting everything out and was getting ready to leave when all of a sudden he must have hit his bells mm. and, and, and hit the pedal from one of the bikes the neighbors gave. And he tried mm. to rescue the sound, like pull it back or he's going to wake somebody up because that's the worst possible thing is to catch sand in the act. It's going right. to mess up the schedule. He can't pause. Right. And so he turns and Paul was almost like a scene right out of the Grinch that stole Christmas. You know, remember mm. when Cindy Lou Who was there? Right. Right. And he turns, and there's Incredible. the most beautiful little girl. She's about six years old. Mm. Right eyed. She caught Santa in the act. Mm. So she comes over. Santa's on, sitting on the floor, and she comes over and just sits on one knee. And, and then right then, her little brother, who was probably about four years old, he comes around the corner, too. Bright eyed. Not sure if he was having a dream or what to actually catch Santa. And then he realizes this is real. And so he comes over and he sits on Santa's other knee. So imagine that scene. It's wow. Santa and the little boy and the little girl. 2.15 in the morning, the only lights from that little Christmas tree. And Santa looks at the little girl and the little boy and just says, so who knows what Christmas is all about? And you know that little girl, Paul, she jumped up off Santa's lap. She raced over to the corner where that little Christmas tree was. And Santa hadn't even noticed it. And underneath that little tree was a little plastic nativity scene like you'd get at all a dollar. Hmm. And she hmm. reached underneath the tree and she pulled baby Jesus out of the manger. Hmm. Hmm. And she scampered back over to Santa. Hmm. And she took Santa's hand and held it open. She took baby Jesus and she put baby Jesus in Santa's hand. And then she closed it tight and grasped it. And wow. she looked right through Santa hmm. and she said, Santa, he is Christmas. Oh, when I heard about that, I just cried. Because here's a six-year-old little girl teaching one of my ambassadors of light what the true meaning of Christmas is all about. Mm -hmm. And there in that silence of Christmas morning, Santa could hear mom and dad around the corner sniffling as they were crying, proud of their little girl that she knew what Christmas was all about. So Santa said, well, why don't you guys come in here? And so mom and dad came in and sat on the floor too. And then Santa said to them, you know what? Let's sing my favorite Christmas song. Hmm. And there in that beautiful moment, Santa started singing. 
Silent night. Oh, and then mom and dad chimed in, holy night. And the kids said, all is calm. And then as Santa Claus explains it, it was like a host of heaven opened up. And the entire song was sung by a concourse of angels. Hmm. And in that moment, Silent Night took on a whole new meaning for Santa Claus because he learned that he is Christmas. He is the reason for the season. It's just Santa who breaks through the secular noise to remind people that he is Christmas. Well, not everybody knows, but St. Nicholas, who you are, was a saint. He was Absolutely. in the beginning, in the beginning, doing things unannounced, didn't want any glory, was giving gifts to, to, to children who had nothing. And out of that, you know, your legend and uh, history began. And today uh, we live in an interesting time because we like to use Santa. People use your... Well, that's the operative word there, Paul. They use Santa. They use, like they're using your name in vain to gain things instead of giving things. And so I really appreciate that you have taught cause and so many others about this. Well, but that's how you know, because I do have Mm -hmm. helpers that sit Mm -hmm. in malls, get their pictures taken and ask children what they want for Christmas. Yeah. And that was kind of exposed in one of our movies, The Miracle on 34th Street, how, you know, Macy's and Gimbel's, they were going back and forth Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to use Santa. Yeah. And so Santa was telling people, you know, go over to Gimbel's because they had it. Right. Here's the real key. Santa really doesn't want to ask you what you want for Christmas. What I ask and what I ask Santa cause to ask and my other special helpers to ask is to ask children these days what they're going to give for Christmas, yeah. not yeah. get for Christmas, because Christmas is about giving, not getting. You know, a bell's not a bell until you ring it. A song's not a song until you sing it. Love wasn't put in your heart to stay. (laughs) Love's not love until you give it away. So it's when we give. And when you give, you actually release those endorphins and dopamine in you. You're the beneficiary of the goodness as well as the person that you serve. So give this Christmas. Don't ask what you can get, but think about things you can give. And those things that you give are not found at Walmart and are not delivered by Amazon Prime. Right. right. They're things that come from your heart, that you make from your hands, or you write a song, or you do a chore without being asked, or you do some nice random act of service. And they don't need to be random acts if you just do them all the time. They're not random anymore. Yeah. In, in, In Cause's book... Again, I want to show everybody this this book, Through Santa's Eyes. There are so many incredible stories of interaction with children, but also how it affects their, their parents' lives. He offers these kids hope, hope. And um, there's a story in the puzzle, um, a mother, Natalie, a mother, Natalie, talking about uh, fostering a baby girl. Haven, 14 months. She came to our home when the authorities brought her to us in the middle of the night back in August when she had nowhere else to go. 
do you remember that? Do you remember that 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 story? And oh, you know, I do. You know, Haven was just one of thirty six children that they had fostered hmm. over all the years that Toby and Natalie had fostered children. Hmm. And so I still remember when he went into that home and Toby was holding baby Haven and she had just come to their home and then they had their own naturally born children, their biological kids. And then they had three other children that they had been fostering for five years. Wow. And so Alan, Nate and Monica were actually foster children. They had been with them originally and then they made contact with the mom. They went back to live with their mom for a while and then it just didn't work out. So they were back at the Kershaw's living there when yeah. Santa paid a visit. You know what? And the elf on the shelf was instrumental in that story. Should we tell that story? Please. Please tell that story. I still remember. So it was in this little hamlet called Hoytsville up in the mountains. Yeah. South of this little village called Colville. So he went in the middle of the day because Natalie had, had written an email to, to right. me and then I forwarded it to Santa. And she said, Santa, I need you to come make a special announcement. So I remember Santa sneaked into the house and they were all dressed up and they were getting their family pictures taken, or at least that was the ploy, right? So Aunt yeah. Mandy was taking pictures. And so it was Aunt Mandy and Toby and Natalie and and uh, Grandma Kathy were there, and all the kids, and so they were taking pictures. And then Santa sneaks in, and he says, "You'd think he'd come in and just, you know, all kinds of fun and games, but there right. he knew there was right. something special that needed to be delivered." Yeah. And so he went over, and he said, "Where is he? Where is he?" And he was looking for the elf on the shelf, mm. and the elf on the shelf whispered in Santa's ear that there were nine pieces of paper hidden in the great room. And they needed to find the nine pieces of paper and put them together. And there was a special message for that family. Well, the family went all through the house and all through the room. They found the nine pieces of paper and they put them together on the, on the coffee table and once they had assembled the message, and actually there's a picture in Cause's book in the back where it says pictures from the puzzle. And this yeah. picture right here in the middle is right when Monica oh, yeah. reads the message. And what does it say up there in that upper corner there, Paul? It says, you are says, going to get adopted yeah. today. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And so right then, Monica, Nate, and Alan realize they're going to be adopted. Yeah, look at the reaction on oh, the kids' face. Because thankfully, Aunt Mandy was there taking pictures, and so she actually captured the moment when Monica realized that she was being adopted. And then in the bottom corner down there, in the very bottom left-hand corner of that page, you can actually see Monica as she comes over to Santa and says, Santa, this is a Christmas miracle because for five years – I've been asking to get a family of my own. Wow. And so that picture at the top of the page is after they get the news, there's a picture of Santa with the Kershaw family, the entire Kershaw family, because then later that day, they were all dressed up and they went to the courthouse and legally became adopted and became official members of the Kershaw family. 
Well, it's amazing what uh, your helper Cuz Green is doing. I don't want to give away any more of these stories because you've you've touched on some of them, but I want everyone to to go get through Santa's eyes. You can get it on through santaseyes.com. Should we tell them what's happening for this book for next year? I don't I don't think the world can handle what's going to happen to that book, Paul. I I think uh I love this, this book so much. I love epic, it so much. Epic news. Epic and and news. I got You you tell them because I'm not good well, at this music stuff. So you tell them all about what's going to happen for the Christmas of 2024 as a companion to Through Santa's Eyes. You tell them, Paul. Go ahead. Well, don't wait. Tell them. Let me let me stop you go. Go. I'm so okay. excited to tell them. Let me start by saying that in 1994, I was approached by one of your other people that you love, Richard Paul Evans, who wrote The Christmas Box. The Christmas Box was a story about a father who worked too much and a widow who lost a child that was teaching this man the true meaning of Christmas, which is Christ. The first gift is Christ. And so many of the stories in this book interweave those types of things that I, I firmly believe in, that Christ is the heart of Christmas. And, and, and through Santa Claus and the belief in Santa Claus, it allows us, and I actually did some research. There's a psychiatrist that says if children believe in Santa, they are more likely to use their imagination to create things in the world that never were. Oh, that's wonderful. It's, it's incredible science. So, I will let everybody know that Richard Paul Evans asked me to do a soundtrack to The Christmas Box, which was my second album, did 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 very well. And uh, I am thrilled to announce that I'm going to be doing a soundtrack. So another Christmas album for next year. It will be through Santa's eyes. We're going to have a lot of original music, maybe some vocalists on it. I don't know. We'll see what... We'll see what uh, what the Lord provides me with in uh, going through and uh, getting to the heart of you know these stories like the fostering children and how those children become part of a, a family, a forever family. So I get emotional on it because the work that you're doing and your helpers, uh, particularly cause, you're bringing so much joy to children that are in tough situations. There's, you know, we know the Christmas box house in Salt Lake City. A lot of the kids come from abused situations and they go into this house and it's Christmas. It's Christmas. If you don't know anything about the Christmas box house, Google it. It's our good friend, Richard Paul Evans. They wrote the Christmas box, but uh, man, this is such a great book. So yes, I'll be doing a, a soundtrack and we'll be working on that through 2024. So I hope that I, I do I have your blessing, Santa. Oh, my goodness. You know what? When you shared that with me in the pre-show, you know, I had to grab Kleenexes because that's going to be so perfect because, yeah. oh, your music is so inspiring and so touching. So you'll be able to tell the stories in such a way to just pierce people's hearts and then they'll read the stories. And that's going to help this movement yeah. because this is not a book. Yeah. The book is just a vehicle, just like right. your album will be a vehicle to help the world change to be more elfish and to start right. thinking more of others. Because be more elfish really is be more Christ-like. 
And that's what we need during during the holiday season. We see so well, many Paul, people. I would challenge you: is that just during the holidays? I mean, imagine well, it's the world we it's, live in if, instead of the way yes. we live Thanksgiving to Christmas, we live the whole year. Yes, well, that's the idea. We would love Christmas every single day. When we, you know, as a kid, I'd be like, "Heaven, what is heaven? Heaven is Christmas every day, where the family is gathered around a tree." You know, and not everybody has those magical moments of having uh, both parents, having a home. And yet through these stories, you know, and the experiences that cause has given, these children are having those experiences. And this message continues to flourish as cause goes around representing this book for you that, man, uh, there needs to be more joy in the children's lives and less sadness and less trauma they need to believe in something to stretch their imaginations to know that they are good and they can do great things so i love this. every I love day it. that ends in why it's possible that's right and i want to say something to moms and dads because they're always perplexed of how do they tell the story is there really a Santa? Well, Santa Claus goes through that same experience with his daughter, Megan, when she's five at the end of the book. When Megan comes to Santa Claus and says, is there really a Santa Claus, Daddy? And Santa Claus explains that, yes, Megan, there is a Santa. Because every mom and dad, every grandma and grandpa, every teacher, preacher, and friend can be Santa. That's right. If we're sharing that message of hope, of love and service like my special helpers. I love it. You, do you a remember lot, a lot of, lot of Santas. Do you remember a, a guy out of American Fork named George Durant? Oh, I know good old George, except, and he said it a little different because he, he used to say American Fark. And the only way you'd know if, if you're really from there is if you know you said it because you know American Fark and Aram and PG. Oh, I remember good old George Utah. But he he wrote, uh, "Don't forget the star." And this is a great uh, story of him as a child wanting, like the kid in the Christmas story, "I want this, I want that," but his he never got it. He always got a box of Tinker toys. And then the next year, he's like, I want this, I want that, I want this. You know what is what he got under the tree? A bigger box of Tinker toys. But then, and so he would get angry as a kid, but then he realizes as he's sitting around the with the family and doing the nativity and all these things, and the way he tells it is so powerful is that he didn't need that. He didn't need it because he saw the joy in his mother's eyes when he gave her the gift, the father's eyes. And he didn't go out and buy something. He made his mom something. And then, you know, got into the teenage life and the college years and Santa kind of went away. You went away from him. But then Santa came back into his life as an adult when he started to have children. So the magic came back. And that's what I love. We have it as a, you know, as children, for whatever reason, we're trying to survive and focus on the future. But then once we we get the kids and, you know. Well, then his, his whole perspective changed, right? When he got Dwight and Devin and little Marky and all of right. his. He realized that Santa needed to come back. That's right. That and is so right. And he came back to his family. And then the hope and the love and the service came yeah. racing right back, just like when he was. He was a little George growing up down there in Utah County. 
So I'm going to read, I just want to read the the back of this book and everybody please listen this will be the whole purpose of of the album i'll be doing that accompanies the book through santa's eyes experience this captivating and heartwarming i don't have my father's articulate uh, news voice but experience this captivating and heartwarming story of one man's inner transformation as he witnesses a series of wondrous christmas miracles through santa's eyes he discovers the lessons taught through the magic of Santa Claus and reveals the secret to living with peace and love. And the true spirit of Christmas does not need to be something we trod, like you said, only once a year, but an energy, a frequency we can choose to be in resonance with every day of the year. The power of love, as Huey Lewis said it, the power of love can heal broken hearts, mend relationships and save lives. There's an opposing, this is so true, there's an opposing force that wants to divide us. It preys on our selfishness, creating a world full of dissonance and chaos. We know that, bri- that pride is the root of all of the problems in the world. So that this is simple. Be less selfish, be more elfish. That's the message that can change the world. So, Santa, I... Pride is just selfishness, right? Ego is yeah. selfishness. All those other words are selfishness. And so yeah. we just made it really simple. Be less selfish. Be more elfish. Think of others first. Oh. Well, I know you've got a lot of helpers that need to report to you. I know that Mrs. Claus probably has, I don't know, you know, I don't, I, you yes, your- honey, I'm coming. I, I yeah. know it's my night. I have to do the dishes on Sunday night here. At the- yes, dear. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Thank you. She's, hey, she needs to take a break and, and watch some of her BBC, you know, that's what um, they like to do. So, all right, Santa, thank you so much for being on the Paul Cardall podcast. I hope that you'll continue to watch over me as I create this music for this great Santa cause. Well, I'll pray that we all get extra, extra portions of inspiration and that through Santa's eyes, the musical journey will be just something inspiring that together now, Paul, you and Santa cause can literally change the world. We're hoping for it. We're hoping that, you know, it's, it's interesting how music just brings so much peace to people it's a frequency like you talk about like the energy it's a frequency and it just brings peace so that is why i'm here to bring peace into people's lives and and with the peace they can hopefully make decisions that will be uh have good consequences so hey thank you santa claus uh you paul and thank you for for reaching out to the North Pole and making that offer to do a wow. special soundtrack that people can start living more elfishly with. Your PR team was wonderful to work with. I got to tell you, though, uh, wow, the number of people that want you personally is extraordinary. But I know you'd rather feed your reindeer and, uh, uh, you know, hang out with uh, Mrs. Claus, maybe go on a ride with her. And and nothing better than playing with Rudy. Some of those reindeer games is like what we call him Rudy up here at the North Pole. I know you guys call him Rudolph, but it's like, hey, Rudy, go long. Rudy. 
Well, whatever. He's like he plays soccer or something. That boy needs to learn rugby to be. I tired. know he, he should Not be good at soccer stuff. He takes a little, you know, kick to the shin and he's down and waiting for the stretcher. I'm like, get up, Rudy. Be a man. Whatever happened to whatever happened to to the dentist, the elf that wanted to be a dentist. Well, we kept him in 1964 where he belonged. Okay. Hey, thinking about that, I'm going to go listen to some Burl Ives. So thank you, Santa Claus. And I hope to chat with you next year as we uh, oh, really, oh, really. It's a pleasure. And I just yeah. want to tell all of your listeners and viewers, may you have a very Merry Christmas from Mrs. Claus, all the elves, and all the Amazon Prime drivers. And may 2024 be your yeah. best year yet. And be more elfish. Through Santa's eyes.com.